Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Scale by Numbers. This is uh, a very ex exciting episode uh, for me because we are going to have an R&D tax credit expert on. Uh, Tyler Kem uh, is a tax consultant and an entrepreneur uh, who actually started his own company and then sold it last year. Um, so he uh, is very much aligned with, with what we're trying to do with this podcast, which is from, the, from a CEO's perspective, um, you know, understanding the ecosystem that needs to be in place to be successful and, and really understanding how tax credits can, can help you um, is, is one of Tyler's specialties. So uh, Tyler, welcome. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you, James. Thanks for having me on here today. Uh, super excited to just share a little bit of information that I do have and uh, definitely take a little bit deeper dive into how the R&D tax credits can help you know, CEOs and CPAs in a number of different industries, but specifically startups. Um, you know, like you mentioned, my background is in tax and accounting. I was preparing tax returns for a number of years until I found out about the R&D tax credit. Um, the R&D tax credit, for those that aren't aware, became a permanent federal tax credit in 2015 as part of the PATH Act, which is really what opened up uh, an immense amount of opportunities for uh, startups specifically, but also allowed for many other industries to start claiming the tax credit. This is when I saw a huge opportunity to get on the ground floor with startups and, and educate not only the startups, the business owners, but CPAs themselves about how powerful a tax credit it can be. Um, for that reason, I went out on my own, like you had mentioned in 2018, started my own firm, Visionary Tax, where I was working with a number of different industries, uh, helping them claim the R&D tax credits and I had a unique opportunity to, to merge and be acquired by the strike advisory team where I've been retained as the co-founder and vice president since about a year and a half ago. Okay, great. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to get your perspective as a, as, as a first time founder as well. Um, but um, I, I have come across R&D tax credits in my dealings with uh, mostly tech startups. Can you, can you talk a little bit about um, you know what what it is, um, and and you know if if I'm the CEO, when do I need to think about this? Is is this only for tech companies or retail manufacturing? When when, when should I be aware of this? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a great point. Um, as you had mentioned, you know the technology software industry is a highly qualified industry for the R&D tax credit. But so is the manufacturing industries, you know, engineering, architects, pharmaceuticals, um, food and beverage is actually a, a highly qualified industry for the R&D tax credits, consumer goods. Ultimately, it comes down to, you know, if you're developing or improving a product, process, software, technology, invention, patent, or formula. It's very broad in nature, but it ultimately comes down to being a technical tax credit. So making sure that the activities you know, fundamentally rely on some hard sciences, you know, such as computer science, engineering, biology, physics, or chemistry. And, and a good way to think of this is, is it's really a labor-based incentive. So it's really, you know, instead of outsourcing overseas for maybe some cheaper labor, you know, pay higher wages, pay higher contractors, and you get a tax credit back. You know, that's really the incentive behind the tax credit. You know, the tax credit was originally enacted in 1981 the tax credit that expired eight times was extended 15 different times before it was made a permanent tax credit. You know, it is something that both sides can agree on at this point. You know, we do want to keep these jobs here in the U.S. 
And it is the way, you know, the government's way of, of incentivizing these entrepreneurs and innovators you know, that are doing the research and development by saying, you know, here's a tax credit back. Um, and I always say that there's two best times to take advantage of these tax credits. And it, and it is in year one, the first year that you're having expenses, um, because you can start taking advantage of the payroll tax credit, which, which we can get into here a bit deeper uh, later. But it's also that point when you're turning that corner to profitability, when you can actually use these tax credits to reduce income tax liabilities. So, you know, there's never too early to start. It's never too late. Um, you know, the best time is always now. Yeah. Um, this has brought up a bunch of questions for me. Um, are they retroactive? So if, if, if you're in year 10 and you say, oh, if, I, if only I had known this, can you, can you go back? Yes, and it's a great question. And so you can go back as far as the, the statute of limitations are open for the, for the tax return. So you are filing these tax credits on your tax return and, and the federal statute of limitations is, is uh, three years from the filing date. So right now we're able to go back and look at a good amount of companies 2017 tax credits because the 2017 tax return is really filed in 2018. So you have three years from that filing date. So for example, if you filed your tax return on July 4th, uh, 2018, you know, we can actually, we have up until July 4th, 2021 to go back, amend your prior tax returns, claim those tax credits, which is where cash refunds can be issued from the federal and state authorities. Essentially, if you were paying or claiming those tax credits on your tax returns, you wouldn't have had to pay the income tax that you did because they are a dollar for dollar reduction of income tax liabilities. So by going back and amending your prior tax return, claiming these tax credits, again, you could have a significant amount of cash refunds waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that, that came out was, um, this is only for US full-time employees, right? Not contractors and nobody overseas. Correct. Yep. So this is a U.S.-based tax credit. There's a number of other countries that have their own version of the R&D tax credit, and it, and it all is about the same. You know, they want to incentivize their their employees, you know, the businesses within the country to 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 perform more R&D, to be innovative, and in doing so, you get a tax credit back. So really, we're looking at U.S.-based employees, U.S.-based contractors. Um, unfortunately, if you are using some overseas uh, labor, we do have to back that out of the calculations. Um, that all being said, you know, if you are outsourcing, you have a development team overseas, and you do have folks here on, on staff, on shore, we can pick up a portion of their time as being qualified. Okay. But if, but if you had, let's say, some developers in, in Berlin, Germany, and you had an entity there, and they were employees, you could use the German R&D tax credits. Exactly, exactly right. Yep. So that the German Germany would have an R&D tax credit somewhat similar. Okay. Okay. That's 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 great to know. Um, you know, the 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 other question that that jumps to mind is, you know, this this seems very specialized. Um, uh, you know, I guess depending on the size of the company, um, is that is this is this an exercise that 99% of the time gets outsourced and you don't really, you know, even if you have a, you know, 500 employee company and a six full-time person accounting team, would that six person accounting team do the R&D tax credit calculation or would they just say, you know what, we're going to outsource this? Yeah, it's a great question and, and something that comes up quite a bit. Um, 
what I will say is, is for the most part, you know, in the, in the 80s and the 90s and the early uh, 2000s, um, you know, 90% of the R&D tax credit specialists were with the big four, helping the big boys like um, Amazon, Boeing, Intel, um, you know, IBM, take advantage of these R&D tax credits. They were the ones generating billions of tax credits. Um, and when the tax credit became permanent, we started to see these specialists move into the medium-sized firms and now start to, to start their own boutique firms. But before it was a permanent tax credit, it was a temporary tax credit that had to be voted on every one or two years. And for that reason, CPAs were always a little bit hesitant to offer it to their, to their clients you know, with the uncertainty that the credit might expire and you may not be able to use the credits. So we've definitely seen an awareness of, of CPAs uh, becoming more aware that the tax credit even exists or maybe starting to offer it to their clients. I think there's some CPAs that, that will take a stab at trying to calculate the credits, but may not have the expertise in knowing how to document, substantiate, and work through an audit in the event of an audit. Um, so what you really want to look for in an already tax credit specialist is someone that knows how to calculate the credits, that has gone through uh, an audit, performed audit, substantiated the credits. Um, and, and that's, I always say that you're not just paying for someone to calculate the credits, you're really paying for someone that knows how to document and substantiate your credits and give you that, that ease of mind that you will be taken care of and it won't be something you ever have to worry about. Yeah. And when you say audits, this is a potential IRS audit or it's a uh, financial audit by PwC. Right. Yeah. So this would be um, an audit on either the IRS, the federal or the state authorities coming in just to do an audit on the R&D tax credit specifically. Um, there's usually a few reasons that they could come in and, and we can get a little bit deeper into that. But um, really at a high level, you know, one to two percent of businesses that claiming the tax credit are getting audited. Um, and it's really those outliers that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, motivation wise, um, what, what is there some kind of a ratio of, oh, this, you know, food and beverage or tech company has 10 million in revenue. So typically the tax credit is, you know, 0.5% of that. Yes. Just, just for somebody to say, wow, I, you know, I have 5 million in revenue. I really need to look at this. So the revenue is one thing, but it, it's an expense-based tax credit. So we have industry averages in terms of, you know, of the expenses going out, what percentage typically qualifies for the R&D tax credit. And we actually see the, the software and the technology space to be a highly qualified industry, like I mentioned, and an upward of, of 55 to 60% of the expenses going out are typically qualified. You know, the, the software and the technology companies are typically, you know, labor-based. They have high-paying engineers on staff that are taking up most of the expenses. And so we actually do see about 55% of, of the expenses in the technology space being qualified, whereas maybe in the manufacturing space, we're only seeing about 25% of the expenses being qualified. Um, you know, you, 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 we're also talking about engineering and architect firms, you know, they, they sit right in the 30 to 40% range uh, of the expenses being qualified. Um, so it really just depends on, on the industry. Um, and, and we see it more tied directly to expenses rather than revenue. I don't know about every firm, but I think you have quite an interesting uh, pricing structure as to as to how people should pay for this. Because typically, you know, with you know, because because they are tax credits, you know, you get them after the fact, right. um, and so you don't really want to pay before the fact. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about yeah, that. yeah, and I think it it. it 
goes back to my experience being a founder, um, going out on my own, you know, working with startups specifically that, that totally qualify for the R&D tax credit, but they weren't really willing to, to pay for the upfront fees, the retainers, the monthly billings, or the fixed costs to, to perform the study, to claim the credits, only to realize the benefits three, six, nine, 12 months later. Um, so what we've done at Strike is, is align our vision, align our interests with the client from day one by offering no out-of-pocket costs, no retainers, no monthly billings or fixed fees. And we work on a success-based fee structure. So we actually don't get paid until the company is actually able to use the credits or they actually receive a refund. And this, what we've seen is actually eliminating that barrier to entry where, again, like I mentioned, so many businesses qualify, but they wouldn't go through the process of paying the money up front only to realize that benefit nine to 12 months later. And so we've, you know, we will take that financial risk. We will go in and work with the business owner and the CPA to identify the potential tax credits, calculate the credits, deliver the tax forms, make sure that they're filing their tax uh, returns accurately. And then when they do benefit is when we get paid. Mm-hmm. We think it's a, it's a model that, again, aligns our interest from day one. Um, we also offer unlimited audit support in terms of hours. You know, in the event that something does get challenged again, you have that ease of mind that you know, Strike is here to help from start to finish. We go as far as giving a fee guarantee on our claims, meaning if IRS decides to claw back 10% of the credits, 10% of our fees go back you know, to the client. Um, we believe, again, aligning our interest from day one. And of course, we want to maximize the tax credit potential. We want to we want to stay within the IRS and state authorities' uh, guidelines, but also, you know, our money's on the line as well. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. It, it doesn't sound like there's any risk, even. <laughs> exactly, and and you know, again, this is a tax credit that the IRS wants to give businesses. But you know, w- when you get a notice from the IRS, it's usually not that you're owed a refund. It's usually that you owe money, and so. <laughs> You know, when we look at it this the same way, you know, so many businesses are entitled to these tax credits, they're owed cash refunds, but you have to be proactive about going out and claiming the credits. Yeah. Um, since, since you are a founder um, and you've started your own company, um, you know, what, what have you learned? You know, I, I guess as, as a tax person, what have you learned from starting your own company and, and what is, you know, what does a tax person's mindset, what, 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 what goes through the mind of a tax person, you know, who's trying to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And I, and I don't take enough time to kind of sit back and realize that I am that founder, that I am an entrepreneur, but I am also a tax and accounting professional. And I think one of the, the first thing that I recognized was how humbling of an experience it is going out on your own, starting your own firm having to wear all the hats. I certainly realized early in my career uh, of being an entrepreneur that I'm not a marketing expert. Um, I'm not a legal uh, professional uh, when it comes to uh, contracts. And, you know, I had the opportunity to to merge my firm with the Strike Advisory. And I've I've learned so much throughout the process of, 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 again, having a team um, being able to delegate tasks to the professionals, bring in the professionals that that you truly want to to be doing the marketing, um, and and I think for me, recognizing the, the opportunity to help businesses claim the credits and, and put money back in the entrepreneurs and the innovators' pockets that they truly do deserve is 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 so rewarding enough um, that you know the work building the firm and the team and the culture is, is well worth the ride. Um, I think 
back to your, your original question, it's, it's just being able to delegate and let go um, and know that, you know, you're not going to have all the answers for your team and that you really do want to be able to find partners and, and work with partners that are going to help you grow. You're going to help them grow and together you're all going to grow together. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, as, as, a, as a fellow business owner, um, the when I work with, with companies that um, I, I feel their pain, if something goes wrong, I, I, I know that if it went wrong in my company, I'd be very frustrated or, or I'd be mad or I'd be sad or, you know, and, and so I feel like, you know, being able to share that, that you know, the emotional feelings, um, helps me be better at what I do, um, that there's more empathy, you know, and, and, and maybe I'm able to provide better service or, or just be a little bit more innovative as well. Um, you know, you've, you've shared, you know, how, how you've created pricing that is, you know, very, you know, kind of guarantee proof of, mm-hmm. of something going wrong. Is there, you know, have you come across any other instances where, you know, your, your clients say, wow, you know, it was so much better working with you than with, you know, <clears throat> a huge firm where they, they were working with, you know, a senior associate. Yeah. And I, you know, we come from those firms. Um, we have a director, associate director and, and, and a whole staff um, that has worked at a lot of these other firms and we do see how they operate. And I think for me, why I saw this model to be so attractive is the bad taste that was kind of left in some of these companies and, and founders' mouths um, after they went through the R&D tax credit process in the first place. Um, and it, it's not that it's, it's a terrible process. It's just that, you know, they do have those upfront retainers. You do have those monthly billings and those surprise invoices, even before you're recognizing the size of the credits that you should be entitled to. And so sometimes, you know, these, these companies are 10, 20, 30, $40,000 out of pocket before they even know the size of the credits that they're going to be getting. And, that, and, and that's not even to say that, you know, that they're going to be able to use the credits. I mean, there's a lot of firms that, you know, will, are willing to, to charge the, the companies to do the work, but, you know, they really don't have the, their interests aligned in, into helping them make sure that they're able to use the credits. And I think that's really the approach that we're taking here with, with Strike is, is, you know, you absolutely qualify for the credits, but we want to make sure that you can use the credits before you can pay us. And, you know, given we're here in the pandemic, the IRS is, is a little backed up with filing and, and accepting tax returns. You know, we're at a point where it, it is taking six, seven, nine months to receive these cash refunds from the IRS. And so, you know, to go through a process only to realize a benefit in 12 months later, um, you know, that could be very damaging for a company, you know, from a cash flow perspective. And, and we just believe that, you know, these companies are entitled to it and we want to have them, you know, have a great experience, you know, and a lot of that is tied to cost. Um, you know, specifically when you're a startup and, and cash is king, um, if you don't have to come out of pocket to, to get something you're entitled to, I think, uh, you know, what we're seeing is it's, it's very much a word of mouth type tax credit. You know, if we're able to help a company get 100,000 in tax credits and it didn't cost them anything, you know, they are telling their friends. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing to have. <laughs> it's a, a nice surprise as well. If, if you weren't, if you weren't aware of it. Yep. Um, I, I have w- one final question that, that I thought of earlier that just jumped into my mind as well, which is um, when, you know, let's just 
let's just say tech companies, but it'd be great at the end for you to kind of list off all the industries you work with as well as we, as we wrap up. But, you know, let's say it's a, it's a tech company and they do financial audits. Um, how, how, does, how, how does the R&D tax credit and R&D tax provisioning play, play into that? So how, how do you work with the management team and the outside or independent auditors? Sure. To, to you know, streamline that whole process and take away any headaches. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And um, you know, we really see this being done in, in about three phases. The first one is the document gathering phase. So just gathering all the financial documents that we would need to get started, you know, being the tax returns, the general ledgers, the payroll reports and whatnot. Um, then we go through a calculation process where we are able to to work with the the business owners, but also the um, software develop, you know, software development lifecycle process, subject matter experts, whether it's the CTO or the principals, we really want to, you know, interview them, really understand the day-to-day activities that their team members are, are undertaking, um, as well as the projects that are considered qualified. Um, so we take a deep dive to really understand their systems, how they do their accounting. Um, our job is to find the nexus between the expenses, the qualified activities, and the qualified projects. That's what needs to be documented. That's how we calculate the credits. That's how we 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 substantiate the credits um, through an audit ready deliverable. Um, call it. It's more of a pr- uh, project narrative, tax credit story, if you will. Um, substantiating the tax credits, how we did it, why we did it, with all the supporting schedules. I mean, that acts as your first line of defense in the event that the auditors want to come in and, and start poking around. Um, and, and so, you know, we we do see this as a little triangle of communication that needs to happen between the business owner, ourselves, and maybe the outsource accounting firm. And, and again, to, to align our interests, like, you know, we don't have, if an auditor needs to jump on a phone with us for an hour, we're not, we're not going to bill the client, you know, 350 bucks an hour. Um, you know, this is our job is to work for the company and they're not working for us. And so, you know, we're always here. We have a partner level staff, um, that's available at all times to jump on a phone, answer any questions, and make sure that these tax credits are, are airtight. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, uh, do you have any any final thoughts or comments for for the listeners that that you think you know that we haven't addressed that that you know you think is very value add? Yeah, I just, you know, I think that just as you're filing your own personal tax return, there's deductions and credits that, you know, could be available to you. The same goes for your business. You know, there's a number of tax credits and deductions out there that most CPAs just may not be aware of. Um, Just so because you have a CPA um, may not mean that you're taking advantage of all the tax credits and deductions that are available to you, the business owner or your company. There are specialty tax firms like Strike. Um, that help with a number of other tax credits. And, and there's a number of others that are coming on that, you know, are going to have similar models where, um, you know, they're taking on the financial risk as well. And so I would just say that, um, you know, it's always a simple question of asking your CPA, hey, are we taking advantage of the research and development tax credit? And, and you'd be surprised, you know, maybe what your CPA's answer is. And I would, you know, suggest just going on Google and, and doing a search um, you can go ahead and, and search striketax.com. We have a ton of information on uh, all the state tax credits that are out there. There's 36 states that have their own version of the state tax credit as well. Um, there's a number of other industries uh, that we have on there that, that we assist with from 
aerospace and defense, archi uh, architects and engineering, food and beverage, the alcohol industry, uh, including craft breweries, uh, manufacturing companies of all sorts and types. Um, medical and pharmaceutical is, is your typical white lab coat in, in test tubes, which as we all know qualifies. Um, and then in the software and technology space, you have a number of verticals from blockchain to artificial intelligence to fintech to VR and AR. Um, I think that the, what we see is they're just, the business owners themselves just never knew that this tax credit existed. And they've maybe been in business for 30 years doing engineering. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a surprise when, when you can see that you have six or even seven figures of tax credits or potential cash refunds available to you. And, and we've, we have some use cases of, of companies receiving, you know, you know, 750,000 in cash refund checks, and it can absolutely be life changing for them. You know, sometimes in, in certain cases with flow through entities, you know, these cash refund checks are going to you personally. And, um, you know, we can see it be life changing and, and it, it, it just uh, encourages us to do more and, and continue building the team and getting the word out there that this is a tax credit that can really make a difference. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I, I, I learned a lot. I hope the listeners did as well. Um, what, what's the best way for, for anybody to, to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can reach directly at striketax.com or you can email me directly at tyler at striketax.com. Um, if you call the number on the, on the website, you know, one of us will answer. Um, we're usually pretty quick with our customer service we got a great team behind us uh, of CPAs, enrolled agents, technologists, engineers, biochemists, and PhDs all on staff. Um, so we got a very multidisciplinary approach and, and we're able to, to work with you, the business owner, or you, the, the financial professional. Okay, great. And, and all the information will be in the show notes as well. Um, but this was great. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, uh, yeah. Yep. Now, thank you, James. I appreciate being on the show and look forward to, to more. Okay, perfect.